Hello again and welcome back to Customers Who Click. Today we're coming back to a topic that we've covered a little bit before, but from a new angle today, as we're going to be talking about video marketing, but more about the strategy behind the campaign management rather than the video content itself, which we've covered with Joe from Funny Sales Videos and Jeff from Molio. Video is so important. You've got a great opportunity to capture the attention of your audience with engaging video and have them listen to and watch several minutes worth of advertisement for your brand. But you've got to get your setup right. You know, you've got to understand the metrics and really understand where this video advertising actually fits in with your marketing mix. Today's guest is Jeremy Gillespie, the founder of Built to Scale, a growth marketing agency based in California. Let's get him on now to learn how you can make YouTube work for you. Hi, Jeremy. Thanks for joining me today. Um, do you want to? Do you mind introducing yourself a little bit? You know, your your background, how you got to where you are. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate appreciate being here. Um, let's see. I always, I always have trouble deciding where to start. But um, so about uh, 12, 14 years ago, I started working um, in startups um, in some SaaS products. And that was really my introduction to growth marketing and paid advertising in general. Um, you know, I bounced around uh, a few different startups, uh, went to, to LinkedIn for a number of years and helped them build out their, their paid ad strategy outside of LinkedIn itself on Google specifically. Um, and then about four years ago or so, uh, I started my own agency where I wanted to impact uh, more businesses. Uh, and we really help and focus on businesses that are looking to scale using both Google as well as Facebook ads. Uh, and we work with both e-commerce, mainly e-commerce businesses, as well as some coaches and consultants. Okay, cool. So I think that's part of the, that's part of the Google side. Um, you obviously focus on YouTube quite a bit. Absolutely. Do you want to tell us, I guess... Uh, at not too basic a level, um, introduce us to kind of Google, uh, sorry, YouTube ads, um, a bit about the platform, maybe a bit of its background and how it's changed over the years. Absolutely. Yeah. I think you know, YouTube as a platform, um, from a performance standpoint, uh, at the very beginning, in, in my experience with it, was it was really um, kind of brand awareness in, in cost per view or CPV based platform where you're just trying to, to kind of get out there. Uh, and it specifically kind of uh, acted more like like a TV uh, placement where um, you're getting in front of people, but um, the sole goal isn't just to um, to find performance and, and be able to scale on the channel. But you know, over the last two two years or so, as a channel, it's become much more evolved and mature when it comes to uh, performance based marketing and really being able to use their algorithm, uh, the millions and millions of of hours of content that are uploaded each day to to get after uh, your target audience and really focus on turning cold traffic into buyers very very quickly. Okay, yeah, so it's gone more of a from more of a brand brand exposure piece to actually being able to use it as a a, a proper performance channel to, uh, and getting those results from it. Yeah, exactly, and I think you know. Um, and I, we'll get into some of the strategies and things that are, are working now, but. You know, a few years ago, uh, it was it was a channel where um, it would it would be your top of funnel piece, but then um, you would you would still have to build out the entire account um, around that. So you would still need your search, your display, uh, your shopping ads if you're doing e-commerce, um, which you know I think is actually something that people have gone away from here recently, um, and they're just focused on great. How can I exchange a dollar on YouTube for two or three dollars back in return? And they've forgotten about this, um, the rest of the account, because while it has evolved, um, it still plays a, a fairly large brand awareness piece. And so 
Um, there's there's some really important components when setting up your account with YouTube ads that uh, I think a lot of people miss because uh, either they didn't have the context of how it was previously used, or uh, maybe there's just some misunderstandings on how to use the full breadth of the Google Ads platform uh, to work together. Okay, cool. Um, so bef- yeah, before we get into the, the strategy stuff, um, do you think there are any kind of misconceptions around YouTube at the moment, um, partic- particularly from a, obviously a business point of view? Yeah, I mean, I think one, uh, a few misconceptions. One, uh, everyone thinks they need like extremely um, well-produced video and content. And I think for, for a lot of consumers, uh, they they want the the real um, look and feel, and so you can definitely get YouTube to work without very very high production value. And I think that's something that uh, holds a lot of people back from using the platform. So that'd be the first misconception. Uh, I think the other misconception is um, you know e-commerce ads don't work on YouTube. Um, certainly, as a platform, um, there are some some differences that. That we like to look for in e-commerce products on YouTube, but um, you know, if you can have a seventy-five dollar AOV or so, uh, YouTube is a, a extremely viable channel, and I would say much more scalable and stable than say like Facebook is currently. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely see a lot more advertising for. I've seen more for like, like financial stuff, um, SaaS in particular has has popped up quite a lot, and I, I'm not massive on YouTube, so. I probably just don't see that much, but uh, yeah, I, I can't remember seeing an actual e-commerce advert as an advert on YouTube, uh, as opposed to me having looked one up um, specifically to watch it. Yep, exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's really financial, SaaS, um, high-ticket coaching and consulting. Those are kind of the three things. Uh, typically, those have higher lifetime values, and so um, they can make the the channel work a little bit more quickly. Um, cause they have a little bit more margin to play with, but, you know, I think e-commerce certainly, uh, there's a huge opportunity there that, uh, people aren't tapping into enough. And I think, you know, if you, if you fast forward, say 12, 24 months from now, um, that opportunity is going to shrink for the, for the companies that haven't taken advantage of that. Okay, cool. Yeah, actually, um, I do remember trying out YouTube, um, probably six, seven years ago now. And we ran, we had one advert, which was kind of a, a bit of an older video. It was, it was more of an explainer video. I think that we, we got someone to edit and we turned it into a, a bit of an advert and it just, it didn't perform very well at all. Um, and then shortly after I left, they actually ran TV advertising. And I think they then took the TV adverts and ran them on YouTube and ran them as, as video content. And those adverts weren't too bad, actually. Um, I don't want to be harsh on them, but it was a surprising amount of personality in those adverts for for the company. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, do you want to tell us a bit about the strategies uh, around YouTube? I mean, we're, we're obviously, fo- today we're going to focus more on the account-based stuff uh, rather than the video. Yeah. So I'll um, talk about three p- components. And these three components aren't necessarily unique to, to YouTube, but uh, I do think about them in a little bit different way than some other platforms. Um, so like most platforms specifically, um, we're going to look at the creative, uh, the account structure, and the landing page that we're going to. Uh, I'm going to start with account structure. We can we can talk about creative, and I know you've had 
um, some other podcasts and things that have talked about the creative standpoint. Um, so we can go into that deeper if need be, but um, talking specifically about the account structure, we certainly have um, areas of opportunity that I see a, a lot of businesses missing. And I already started to talk about it, but I like to always think about the, the account structure with YouTube as kind of a, um, like a champagne tower. You know, if you pour champagne in the top of the glasses, it kind of trickles down across all, all of the other glasses. And um, the trouble that I think a lot of e-commerce businesses get into is they just, they just build that top glass um, for YouTube or maybe a few other small glasses underneath that. Um, but the spillover effect of YouTube is fairly large, specifically um, when you compare it to other channels. So we need to build out that, that strong foundation. And so I always, always start accounts with, with a strong foundation. And that's going to be a search campaign. So search branded campaign, uh, just to lock down your brand position, because a lot of people who see a YouTube ad will then go search for your brand. Um, we need a strong shopping presence. I'm talking specifically here, obviously, about e-commerce, uh, but building out, building out your shopping campaigns. Um, and if we need to, we can talk a little bit more about that. Um, and then making sure that you have your, your retargeting in display set up. That's like at the bare minimum, um, what I like to set up. I also like to set up um, some, some dynamic search keyword campaigns um, for high and, and make sure we're capturing high intent keywords within um, our specific niche. Uh, so that way, uh, after somebody sees a YouTube ad and they either visit a site that has GDN, searches for our brand, searches for a high intent keyword, um, we're building this, this ecosystem around them. Because one of the, the important pieces that we see is anywhere from 15 to even 30% of our search and shopping um, conversions originate in from seeing a YouTube ad. And so um, when, when people look at YouTube, um, they think that they're going to get a direct um, click to purchase where the customer path isn't as linear as, as we would want it. And so a lot of that attribution comes into the, um, those bottom of funnel campaigns. And so, uh, from a, from just a setup standpoint, that's kind of where we start building from the bottom to the top. So I'll pause there and just see if you have any thoughts or questions about that. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense. You've got the, the YouTube, I mean, it makes sense that if, if the first time you hear about a company is a YouTube advert, you're probably unlikely to purchase. But then if you, but you, you might be likely to go and do a search, um, you know, especially all right, assuming you are going to make a purchase at some point. Yeah. It's likely you will do a search for the company. Maybe, maybe check out the company itself. Uh, maybe check out that product. Um, I suppose you might even go to other channels. You might even have a look, depending on the business and, and the products, you might have a look at Amazon. Um, to read up on it there. You know, I know like Amazon reviews are becoming more and more popular as a place, not necessarily to buy the product from, but to go and check those reviews. Because um, there's always, you know, if a product's on Amazon and it's a decent product, it's going to have hundreds, if not thousands of review reviews. I think I, I bought some headphones uh, just earlier today, and I'm pretty sure there was something like 35,000 reviews on there. So at, at four and a half star rating, 35,000 35, reviews is enough to tell me people like this brand. 
it's 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 good. It's going to be fine for sure. Yeah, and so having all that that's those supporting ads to make sure that you know if, if people do go elsewhere, uh, you know, because yeah, you can't rely on them uh, clicking through and purchasing. You can't rely on them remembering to come back either. E- even if they love the advert and they go, that's that's the perfect product for me, but I'm here to watch a video because that's why I'm on YouTube. So yeah, you need exactly. to then follow it up and uh, uh, and make sure you definitely capture that person's attention. For sure. And I think, you know, it's just like uh, people wouldn't build out a Facebook ad account without a top, middle and bottom of funnel. And, you know, a lot of e-commerce brands on YouTube, I think uh, maybe they do, maybe they don't, but I feel like um, they're the understanding of how to structure all of that account so it works together is the piece that's been missing, um, at least in you know most, if not all, of the accounts that we've looked at. Um, that that's the piece that's common when they're when they're unable to make YouTube work is they don't have that structure set up, um, and they're also looking at a a channel based return on ad spend rather than the portfolio across the account because you know if you're looking for say a three x return on ad spend. Um, you're going to see very different um, return on ad spend across search, YouTube, shopping, display. But um, as a portfolio, we want to manage towards that 3x. And uh, you certainly will see increases in your conversions as well as returns um, in search shopping, as well as retargeting the more you spend on YouTube. Yeah. Um, So, I I mean, advertising is really not my space. um, So I don't uh, don't pretend to know a lot about it, but... um, I mean, I remember my experience of YouTube ads, you know, we were running at CPAs of kind of 300 pounds, yep. right? And this is for a, a 9.99 a month product where on that 9.99 a month, there was also a rev share, yep. right? So actually the company was looking at more like three, four pounds a month. So we were obviously looking at those campaigns thinking these don't work, right? They're not working for us. And yeah, okay, we probably didn't have that bottom of funnel stuff as well. Um, but I mean, uh, and maybe this is moving away from YouTube specifically, but how do you, how do you determine whether those ads are actually worth keeping and whether they're contributing to that blended, um, or contributing positively to that blended ROI or ROAS even? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, I think the first piece is, you know, we, we like to work with companies that have a, an AOV of $75 or above. You know, if you can get above that $100 mark, it really makes a big difference for, for YouTube specifically. But we also need to know what the lifetime value of a customer is. And so um, this just seems to be a, a commonality specifically with e-com brands where sometimes they don't have clear numbers um, from a lifetime value standpoint. And so uh, they basically scale and manage to uh, that front end AOV, uh, which is is okay, um, but when it comes to say what's going to happen in the next three, six, nine, twelve months with that customer, um, we need to understand how that's going to expand because um, that allows us to to scale better. And so we like to to work from like a three to one um, CPA to to lifetime value is is kind of the the ideal metric, very similar to um, to like a, a SaaS product, but that's that's where we we prefer to work from. Um, and you know, sometimes it will it will slide um, up or down depending on where the, the company's at in their growth cycle. But 
that's just the baseline that we like to start with. Um, and then certainly the the cheaper that we can get that front end purchase, the better. But um, that's not always the case because you know if we're if we're spending, there's accounts that are spending you know five hundred a million dollars a month. Um, there, the amount of lifetime value that they get from that, especially if they have a continuity program or anything like that, is massive. And so you know we will even scale at like a one point five. Um, X return because for them, you know, over the next year, that's you know millions of dollars in in additional revenue for them. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I suppose what I meant was, you know, if, if you've got those ads, those YouTube ads running at three hundred pounds. Yeah. You know, uh, but your blended ROAS is three three to one. Yeah. Right. So on a blended uh, on a blended basis, you're looking at it thinking this is fine, right? Yeah, but then you you'd have people looking at YouTube and saying, "Well, why are we running YouTube if it's costing us three hundred pounds per person?" So it's like, how do you how do you kind of prove that YouTube is actually contributing in a positive way? Because, like you said at the start, we're not necessarily looking for that purchase from YouTube. Yeah, but that purchase sometimes feels like that's the only number you have to assess the performance of it. Yeah, for sure. Like. Yes, looking at that blended return or like a marketing efficiency number um, across all channels is definitely um, something, especially post, you know, iOS um, 14 is something that a lot of companies, because they've lost some attribution, are moving towards. But I've always been a huge fan of that blended number because if we can keep the three to one uh, across everything, um, that gives us a good understanding of, of our overall efficiency. And a lot of times there's an education piece. Um, that we need to do with clients on this because uh, they're looking in the channel um, where uh, they're going to see uh, more organic traffic, more direct traffic. Um, and so a lot of times we'll do a lift analysis where we'll say, great, during this time period, we're going to spend uh, X amount on YouTube. Um, we're going to make sure there's no you know, big PR pieces or other things or outside factors that may be impacting this. And we're just going to look at standard deviation and what happens to uh, search impression share in, um, in, in paid ads. We're going to look at organic traffic and we're going to look at direct. And we're going to see what happens in those three channels to, to basically show the lift that we see, uh, not just directly in the paid ads. Yeah. Well, it's similar with um, just offline advertising, TV, radio. You know, yes. I, th- I guess you see uh, similar impacts. And that by running those adverts, uh, you see improved performance in so, you know, organic search, PPC, um, even things like Facebook, because you're still putting the ad in front of someone rather than them searching for you, but there's a higher chance that they recognize you. Um, Absolutely. So I suppose it, maybe it just comes down to, like if YouTube is seen as a performance channel and people still want to focus on that performance bit, and when they look at the direct performance of YouTube, they go, this doesn't work. But then you'd say, well, what is the direct performance of that TV advert? And they can't tell you anything unless unless they've used a, you know, dot com forward slash TV advert kind of URL to track it. Yeah, and most of and most of the landing pages that we send to are unique to YouTube because we want to be able to track specifically the traffic to that page. Um, and if you know if if people are looking at that direct return on uh, say a uh, you know, a one day attribution window, um, then, you know, we need to, we need to make sure that we're putting that into perspective compared to where they want to get 
to their goals. So if their goal is to increase revenue by X percent um, per month, then we need to make sure that we're doing that in an efficient manner and that they're educated on uh, the, the way that that's going to impact their overall revenue, not just the direct revenue from that channel. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, you mentioned uh, landing pages a, c- a couple of times. Let's touch on that a bit because, uh, yeah, like start, towards the start of my career, I was very landing page focused because we had, I was working in the sort of businesses where it just made complete sense. Um, obviously, now I don't deal with the advertising side anymore, so I don't touch on that so much. But um, yeah, I guess particularly for e-commerce where I don't think you see as many landing pages. Yeah, and I think that's the that's the biggest. Um, I don't want to say missing piece, but it's a piece that people don't like to don't focus on as much as say the creative. And so there's two pieces for the landing page that we'll touch on. Um, <clears throat> one, creative is in, incredibly important, uh, but the landing page is where a lot of the work happens um, to convince this person to buy. And a lot of e-com brands have just been using, say, their their standard product page on Shopify, say in a Facebook ad, um, which, you know, at times it does work. Um, but we like to test three different landing pages. The first one is um, a, a longer form, like advertorial style page that really features um, the product, you know, why why it's the next best thing since sliced bread, add some, some uh, social proof, uh, and really just paint the picture of the total uh, transformation that this product provides. Sometimes that will be a long form VSL. I do recommend having a video on that advertorial page because they're coming from a, a medium that's video first. And so we don't want to take someone from a video platform to a text-based uh, landing page. So I do like to provide video on the landing page. I think that's <clears throat> incredibly important. So that's one of the pages that we test. And we test all three of these pages that I'm going to go through because um, depending on the business, we see you know varying degrees of conversion rate as well as AOV. Uh, the second one is a simple segmentation assessment or quiz, which is basically a short three to four question quiz that gets them to identify the current pains or problems that they have that they have that they're looking to solve with this product. So if it's a a weight loss supplement or things like that, we're going to touch on things that help them subconsciously and consciously say, you know what, I have this problem. I'm looking to you know, lose weight in the next 30 days, or these are the other things that I've tried that have not worked. And we just want to make sure that they're identifying that before take, <clears throat> excuse me, taking them to the product page. And the last one is a, a long-form um, e-commerce style product page. And that's just going to, it's going to have a bolder headline. We're going to have video on it. Uh, we're going to have a lot more testimonials. We're going to have um, any publications that they've been um, been featured in, and we're gonna we're not gonna take a simple Shopify um, product page. We're really gonna build it out because since we're going to cold traffic, there's a ton of of things that we have to do to take them from unaware to um, to solution aware to product aware to purchase in this in this funnel very quickly. So we want to make sure that these pages have all these elements on it. Um, and so those those are the three pages that we test um, to to quickly find out what is the best best funnel path that's going to work for our consumer um, with YouTube ads. Just a quick question on that. Um, so the, the the first and third landing page they but they both use video, but the first one is 
like almost just a video. Yeah. And the third one is the full long form. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I like to think the first one that I went through, which would be like a, a advertory or, or VSL, um, is a longer form in it. In it uh, it focuses on both the pains and problems that they currently have, as well as, you know, introduces them to the solution. When you get to the long form e-commerce style page, uh, that's going to be mainly product focused. So it's going to, might be a product demo. It might be, might have some testimonials in there, uh, but it's really going to be solution based. We've already touched on some of those other things. So we're really going to get to the solution on that page. Okay, cool. And uh, you mentioned you'd like to run quizzes. Do, do you have any particular tools that you'd like to use? I've used them all. I'm not. Um, I'm not too um, particular to one. And it. And there's even times where um, there's simple just radio buttons on the page that people are clicking, and they're not even taking a full quiz. Um, so yeah, we've we've used a bunch of different ones. No specific one uh, that I'd recommend, but it depends on the platform. Like Shopify has a number of ones that you can um, that you can use that plug in really well. Um, there's like Bucket IO, there's you know, which is a more robust platform. Uh, so we've, I would probably start with a a very quick, easy to use quiz quiz form, um, and then and then if you need to uh, go more advanced. And so the the last piece I wanted to touch on with landing pages because I think a lot of t- times people spend most of their time testing different creatives, um, and they and they test that first. Uh, I really like to test this landing page, these three landing pages first, um, because one of the one of the more important pieces, especially when you talk about um, the the algorithm that these platforms use to um, to find more purchasers and things like that, is what is the what is the feedback loop, or how long or how quick is that feedback loop from conversion for them to go to to train the algorithm? And so, if you're upfront, um, not understanding what is going to give you the quickest and fastest way to to get conversions and and shorten that feedback loop, and you're just focused on the creatives, then um, you're you're not focused on optimizing the algorithm towards your your end result. So I like to front load the landing page, uh, so we know that we have the shortest feedback loop available, uh, and then move into the the creative testing um, to roll through that, so that now we know that we're not getting any false positives on creative because we have the funnel in place that's going to support uh, the best outcome. Yeah, makes sense. Um, do you ever deal with things like, do, do you touch on um, kind of marketing automation or anything like that as well? So there's kind of, if you if they haven't converted, but you've captured data, do you feed into that process at all? Would you loop maybe video into that? Absolutely. I mean, I think from an, a marketing automation system, uh, one of the things, you know, even with these these assessments and quizzes, um, is capturing the the email address earlier on in the customer lifecycle with um, iOS and all of the complications that that's um, that that's kind of imposing on advertisers. Um, advocating for capturing that personal identifying information up front, and then working them through uh, the marketing automation system or SMS. Um, through there is is really really important, and I think one uh, kind of hack um, that that has been working well, uh, and this is more for search or shopping. Uh, you can also do it on YouTube, uh, but you can provide pop ups on pages based on say the UTM that they came from. 
So if, if you're passing UTMs and you know this UTM is coming from a, um, let's just say a, a colder uh, temperature search traffic campaign, you're going to want to serve them a very different pop-up um, than somebody who's like, somebody who's saying like, you know, what ingredients are in XYZ supplement is very different from, um, you know, best XYZ supplement for women. And so there's much more purchase intent in that bottom one. So you may want to serve them a pop-up um, that gets them into your CRM, maybe with a discount. Whereas the, the first example, we may want to give them something that talks more about the benefits, uh, the ingredients and things like that, and nurture them through that way down to that purchase point, rather than just serving everyone a blanket, you know, 10% off coupon. Yeah, I think that makes, it makes perfect sense. That's what I've been doing a lot of recently as well. Um, trying to capture those kind of pain points or, or interests and preferences so that in the marketing automation side, we can say, right, we know you have this preference. So we're going to talk about these sort of products. We're going to give you this sort of information, yep. which should hopefully lead to a better conversion. Then if we just captured all this data and said, we fix all these things and we have products that do all these different things, please find the one that you think is best for you. Yeah, it's not really going to work, is it? Yep, absolutely. And I think, yeah, and I think consumers are becoming much more sophisticated, and um, you know they respond better when you you give them a solution or outcome based on where they're currently at in their um, in their life cycle. And you know, it seems like marketing one hundred and one, but when it comes to especially on the e-commerce side, I feel like everyone's been so focused on turning, you know, this click into a purchase or this dollar into $3. Uh, and they forgot about the actual customer that's behind it. And, and really, you know, the, the value that you should be providing to them um, is, is the key point that I think a lot of people miss. And certainly when that comes to nurturing them in the CRM. Yeah, I think, I think there's, there is a lot of, this person clicked on my advert, so they're ready to buy. Exactly. Like they've, the, the fact that they've clicked an advert is buying intent. When, yeah, the vast majority of the time it's not, unless, unless they've clicked on a very purchase, you know, intent heavy uh, paid search link or something. But yeah, the majority of the time it's, oh, you've got my interest. I'll come and have a look. But even, even if I'm looking to make this purchase today, if I've never heard of you, I'm still going to do more research. I still want more information. There's not many times that I think of something I want or I see an advert for something. I, I click that advert or I do one search. I find the product and I do nothing except read that product page and purchase. Exactly. It almost n- never happens unless it's something like super cheap. It's on Amazon and I know it's just the product I want. Um, but even then, most of the time I've done some sort of research before. It's it's so rare to get like conversion with no no prior intent or, or research or anything. For sure. And I think Amazon's a great example of a platform that um, you know, people go there to buy. So first of all, the, the purchase intent is really high. They give you a ton of information in the form of reviews and as well as other similar products so that you can quickly compare. Um, but even before that, you know, a lot of people either come there with a 
understanding of the product they want to buy and they're comparing it against others. So they've already done some sort of research. Um, and, you know, that's, it's a really important piece to understand because if, if you're not working to support that research, whether it's your CRM, your ads, um, your SEO, all of these different things, then, you know, it's, it's a very indefensible position when other competitors are on the market and, and they're focused on that full, full life cycle and nurture. Yeah, exactly. If, uh, if there's a business out there giving you that information, giving you that education, um, particularly, to be honest, even if they're mentioning other solutions, uh, might not be a competitor product, but it could be, uh, you know, we were talking about weight loss earlier. You know, so if you're, if you're selling supplements, you might talk about, I don't know, like exercise routines. Say, here's some stretches and things you can do because you're, you're, you're giving the customer what they want and, and it's building that trust because you're saying you don't, you don't have to purchase our products. There are other ways you can, you can meet, the, uh, meet your needs and, uh, and solve your problems. But if you want to buy this product, we're here for you. Exactly. Um, whereas, yeah, if you just stick a product in front of someone, they're going to go do that research. You're then risking that e- either that competitor's doing that work or a comparison site does that work and that comparison site might point someone towards a different product. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think it all stems to leading with value and, and giving them value. And it's, yeah, it's vitally important. And some of the best uh, YouTube ads that we have running right now lead with something like, hey, you know, if we're using the weight loss example, you know, here's, here's some, um, some workouts, here's some dietary things that you can do. Uh, and leading with like, hey, here's, here's things that we want to provide to you that um, are value-based. And then it eventually leads to, if you want a, a quicker, faster, cheaper, better, whatever, however it's position solution, we also have this product uh, that will support everything we just gave you and help you get those results faster. Yeah, and it's not, um, it's not an alternative. Well, I mean, it's, it is an alternative, but it's like a complementary product. Exactly. It's, you can do this and this and this, but if you want to 10 times the, the performance you get and the results you get, and we have this product that will will take you to the next level. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. So, um, obviously, we talked a lot about what people can do. Uh, what What are just some of the a few of the most common mistakes you see that are, are are costing costing brands? Yeah, I think from a creative standpoint, um, taking what they're using on another channel like Facebook and just plopping that over on on YouTube. YouTube is definitely a audio and, and visual based platform. And so if you're going to take a, a YouTube ad that might have some music and text overlay on it, but doesn't have a voiceover or anything like that, uh, that typically doesn't translate as well on, on YouTube. So I think that's a big thing that people miss. Um, we already talked about the things that they, they miss on the account structure and building around YouTube. Uh, and then I think the, the last big thing is that landing page and, and understanding that um, YouTube traffic is... Typically, people are on YouTube to um, to engage with something, to learn something, and so um, taking that traffic and plopping them on a very slim down uh, PDP or econ page that doesn't give them kind of the the breadth of information that they're looking for and the mindset that they're in typically is not going to translate well. And so we we need to build uh, landing pages that serve um, the 
the mindset that they're currently in. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Makes sense. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add about YouTube? I don't think so. No, I think, you know, we've covered a lot of different things. Uh, I think the the account structures in landing page, there's creative, tons of creative people talking about the creative, but they're not talking about those other two things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, I know that's probably what I've seen in, uh, when, I've, when I've been in-house as well. Um, I hear loads and loads about, oh, we're working with designers on new creative and we're doing this with new creative, but it may just be a reporting communication thing, but you hear less about, uh, we're going to try this approach uh, with, with, the, um, with the ad structure and the campaigns, um, and particularly in e-commerce. Yeah, like I said, definitely not nearly as much landing page stuff. For sure. But I, th- I think maybe part of that is, you know, if a company's got several hundred products, it becomes a little bit, they feel it becomes a little bit different, uh, difficult. Um, but I think there's always, there's always those top sellers on there. Exactly. Yeah, there's always an 80 20 in your, in your product feed. Uh, and I would just say, hey, pick your, pick your best sellers, start with that. Um, if that works, you can expand out from there. But I wouldn't try to say, you know, how do we, how do we show everyone the breadth of our product catalog? I would just focus on uh, your bestseller. Cool. So, um, if if a listener wanted to go check out some some brands that are doing YouTube well, have you got any recommendations? Yeah, I mean, there's it, certainly Purple Mattress and um, Poopery and, and brands like that have done um, have done extremely well, and I think they provide a good foundation for what it is. Um, uh, from a brand standpoint, you know, from a from a supplement standpoint, uh, and, and I would also kind of plug a, a platform. So vidtal.com um, is a platform where you can research um, YouTube videos and things like that. And um, I would just recommend going and searching for your niche. There's tons of supplement companies that are doing extremely well. Um, there's um, Four Patriots and they have um, a number of of products, whether it's like a solar uh, phone case and things like that, that they've been running for a very long time and doing extremely well. Uh, so I, you know, we can talk about some specific products, but uh, I think using VidTao to see what is currently running within your industry, it will give you uh, the how much they're spending, how many views they've had yesterday or last thirty days. Uh, so that's the way I like to do it um, because it's very very different depending on the niche. So is it VidTower? VidTower. So V-I-D-T-A-O.com. Oh, okay. VidTower. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, cool. That's a good good tool. Tool is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Resource. Good resource. That's the the word I'm looking for. Um, Awesome. So yeah, just finally, um, is there anything else you're curious about at the moment? Anything you're, you're kind of looking into? Certainly attribution is something that's top of, top of mind for everyone currently. Um, I'm not as worried as most people are about attribution. Not that uh, I don't think it's extremely important. I do, and I think it's something to focus a lot of time on. But I do like you know that marketing efficiency or blended return on ad spend metric. Uh, but I do think uh, you started to touch on uh, marketing automation and, and CRM. Uh, that's certainly something that's a much more important piece uh, that I don't think that I'm interested in. And I think uh, a lot of other people are starting to become more interested in because of they understand the impact um, that that can have if they're seeing 
less of a return on their ad spend than they previously were. Yeah, definitely. I'm seeing more and more focus on this, the CRM side and, and segmentation and capturing more data earlier on so that you can start to create those more uh, personalized um, approaches. Uh, cool. This has been really awesome stuff. Really good to hear about um, how you can run uh, ads on YouTube better. Um, if people want to find out more, what's the best way of getting in touch? Yeah. Um, builttoscale.co uh, is our website. Um, and, you know, no hard pitch. If, if there's any questions about YouTube specifically, feel free to reach out to me personally at jeremy at builttoscale.co. Uh, happy to answer any and all questions for your audience just to uh, make sure that they see the the best performance on their on their YouTube ads. Awesome! All right, thanks so much, Jeremy. Yeah, of course. Thank you. YouTube and video marketing generally provides a great opportunity to provide really strong, valuable content at different stages of the funnel and really support your overall marketing mix as well. However, a mistake a lot of marketers make is to look too closely at the performance of YouTube and other video content by themselves and become disillusioned with the channels. If you're running campaigns across the funnel, then of course some of them are going to have really high CPAs because the job of those ads isn't to convert customers, it's to build brand awareness so that your conversion ads do perform better. If you'd like to learn more about YouTube advertising, you can reach out to Dan on LinkedIn. In the meantime, I'd love to know what your favourite video ads have been. If you do have any podcast-related questions, do let me know by tweeting at Will Lawrenson. And if you don't, please leave a review and a rating on the podcast. It really does help. Next up, I've got Arlen Robinson with me. We're going to be talking about affiliate marketing. But until then, keep those customers clicking.